1: Hey everyone, this is Roman Prokopchuk, and this is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast. Today I have with me Ron Kamen. Ron, Ron is the CEO of EarthKind Energy Consulting and host of the awesome EarthKind Podcast. Ron's life mission is to empower everyday people to make clean energy transitions to reduce their carbon footprint and save them money. Thank you for joining me. Oh, Thanks so much for having me on the show, Roman my pleasure so tell me a little bit about your journey how did you get to where you are now kind of if if this is something you've always been into how did you kind of pivot into it and kind of the journey along the way
0: yeah thanks so much so um it began, I guess, actually, with my grandfather coming over on a boat um, when he was about six years old, and then he had a house in Queens, in Flushing, Queens, right out outside of New York City, where I grew up. Uh, my grandparents had the base, had the first floor, and my mom and dad and my brothers, four brothers, and I, five kids, had the second floor. So two bedrooms, not unlike, I guess, your childhood experience, in some way, till I was about uh, fifteen, and then uh, my parents had built a house out. Long Island, where we used to go for summers sometimes, and then eventually we moved out there. I went away to school up to to the state university, where I was studying uh, math and, and accounting, and I was always good at accounting. I liked the debits to equal the credits. That sort of systemic balance was always appealing to me. But initially I had gone because I wanted to be able to get out of the rat race and I thought I was gonna go become an accountant work half the year and then take the other half of the year to get away from it all and realize my last year that wasn't the way that it worked that yeah you work like a nut during tax season but the rest of the time you also work pretty crazy and the more I got into the accounting the less it was the common sense stuff the more it was some little loophole here and there that somebody had put into the law for what you can squeeze out of this this piece and I realized that that wasn't quite where I wanted to be. I lucked out and went to graduate school where I studied system science, and that opened my mind to the reality that everything's a system, that we have uh economic systems and political systems and biological systems and social systems. And I studied a whole bunch of things in my graduate work that just made me realize that life is short. And through some personal experiences I had as well, I realized that, you know, we all have this feeling sometime that we're in the right place doing the things we're supposed to and we all have this kind of life mission, and came out of that college experience about the same time, realized that energy was really my my mission, and at that time, they were raising utility rates, energy rates were going through the ceiling, where I started working with senior citizens who were literally f- closing down chunks of their homes because they couldn't afford to heat and eat. They had to choose on their fixed incomes, which they were doing. And I started working first with a group of people around a dining room table, and the Then it became hundreds of people, then thousands of people, and I became an energy policy and an energy expert. And that grew for 10 years. I became a community organizer in upstate New York, had about a 90-mile radius around Binghamton, New York that I served, worked with a lot of different kinds of people, um, in this nonprofit situation, which was pretty pretty exciting, very, very informative, and got into not just energy, but then energy and the environment, and energy and the environment, and economic and social justice, and did a whole bunch of work there. Came out of that in 1990, actually, when I became the mid-Atlantic director for Earth Day at the time, and that's where I met a guy named Dennis Hayes, who had founded the first Earth Day. Dennis is an incredible individual who's now gone on and uh, done some amazing things. I think most people have heard of Earth Day, and Earth Day is now an international event that's actually the, the most celebrated secular holiday in the world. And Dennis is not only continuing to do Earth Day, but he's also built an amazing Building out in Washington, in Seattle, Washington, that actually produces more energy than it uses, which is pretty incredible. And that's one of the first interviews I have actually is with Dennis. But in that process of afterwards, I came out and I started a nonprofit. That then led into a nonprofit and a for-profit. And about twenty years ago, I started working as a as a for-profit consultant, working with businesses, institutions, nonprofits, government, to help them figure out. You know, they all everybody's got a big energy bill. And And what we came to realize is that that energy bill that we have for electricity, for heating, for transportation... Every dollar that we're spending on energy is about 90% of our greenhouse gases and carbon footprints. So when you think about the environment and if you have concerns about what's going on and where things are at and where are we going and how do we have an impact, first thing to do is to take a look at your energy bills and realize that every dollar that you're spending is a dollar that's going towards producing carbon most of the time. And that there's ways that actually you can save money on those energy expenses and have an impact on the environment and simultaneously save yourself some money and get some decent returns on investments. So I've been lucky over the course of my career to work with a lot of people to help them figure out in their particular situation what's the best way to access capital or to get tax benefits and other incentives or to have third parties finance these energy improvements that save them money at the same time they have a major impact on the environment. So long story short, it's been an interesting ride um, from from where I started in Queens through uh, where I live now in upstate New York. And uh, I've worked with some incredible people. The folks are just, I'm always amazed by people. And part of what started Awesome Earthkind was that uh, I came to realize that I had a lot of questions over a long period of time from residential, from individuals, right, who, you know, have situations. We all have our situations, how much money we spend on on electricity or on heating or on transportation. And I've never was able to really work with individuals just because it takes about the same amount of time as it takes to work with a commercial account to, to help anybody in one, one sort of status. And when COVID hit, I realized that, you know, there's a lot of evolving technology now that lets one person really reach many and to have the ability to have an impact on a lot of people and to set up groups of folks that can work together to figure out different situations. So the idea behind Awesome Earth Kind is that we can all have an impact and there's a way to access this information. And I'm a decent resource for people who want to figure out what they can do. The awesome, by the way, comes from the Air, Water, Earth, and Sun, A-W-E-S, the forces of nature that continue to awe us almost every day when we take a look around and see what's happening around the world with floods and hurricanes and tornadoes and fires and incredible power of the earth Um, just the forces of nature are amazing but then the end part of awesome is me and that's you and me and really that's all of humanity there's now 7 billion of us, and the 7 billion of us are having a major impact on this planet. We're literally changing the climate. We're threatening the life support systems that sustain us, so everything from the air and the water through all the impacts we're having on the on the Earth itself, and the reality is is that we can change things is that we have the technology the energy is there it's all around us the forces of nature are a thousand times more energy than we use and it's free when you tap into it the Even better news is we now have the technology that can tap into those sources of energy and channel it into our everyday energy usage. And the best news of all is that we can save money when we're doing it. And if we do and approach this systematically as a society, if we approach it systematically as individuals, what you find is that you can have outstanding returns on your investment if you have capital, or you can have third parties that'll put up the capital in most cases and give you just immediate savings and have a great impact on on the environment that when we leave our legacies we'll actually leave behind something better for our kids and grandkids so to me it's an exciting time
1: yeah i agree um i think uh, everyone can kind of make better decisions and uh, those decisions like you said are oftentimes more cost effective than kind of traditional uh, energy sources and um they make your you know environment or where you actually live because obviously pollution is a concern in different places of the world and i think during the pandemic kind of when you saw uh, countries going full lockdown like nature kind of started healing itself and air quality started to get better so it's just one of those things where sometimes we need to step back and figure out what's you know kind of co-beneficial for our environment and ourselves as well yeah man you know it's it it is really
0: amazing and uh you know big part of the environmental impact was because we started driving less, right? So transportation, in general, when you take a look at the greenhouse gases and the pollution, a third of it comes from the electricity we generate and use. A third of it comes from the heating and cooling that we do in our buildings. And then the other third of it, in many places it's more than a third, is from the cars we drive and the transportation that we do. So when we were locked down, in many parts still locked down, What's happened with that transportation is it slowed down and you notice a dramatic improvement in air quality. And then you're right. Nature started coming back. And that's the really fascinating thing is that, you know, we have a tremendous natural healing ability, both us as individuals and then the world as a planet, as an integrated system. So if we just decided that we wanna take advantage of these technologies and tap into this power, we can regenerate, we can recover some of the things that we've been losing and we can actually create a future that is bright and sustainable as opposed to hopeless and, and full of despair. So, yep, you're exactly right.
1: I agree. So what motivates you to succeed? Obviously those motivations change over time and the variables you're dealt with in life, but what currently kind of motivates you to succeed?
0: Yeah. Thanks so much, Roman.
1: Um, well, one, I really love people
0: and I love helping people. It's always been uh, something that just gives me a charge, you know, and, uh, two, I have some kids. I, As I got older, I wasn't going to have kids when I was in college. It's kind of a funny story. So I had thought there was too many people on the planet. I had a mission. I decided in my life I wasn't going to have kids. And a couple of years later, I fell in love. The woman I fell in love with had a kid. So I married into a kid, had two kids biologically. So then I had three kids. And then about 20 years or so later, my uh, then wife decided she wanted to move on. And I was had three kids and I was like, uh, oh, you know, I, I was dating. I was having a good time, but I eventually realized that I really needed to find someone who also had kids. Cause my kids came first in my life and, uh, put it out to the universe. And I wound up having four more. So I wound up from no kids actually having seven, which was a pretty interesting ride. And there's no doubt that my kids and my uh, future grandkids all are very highly high motivator but i think the the biggest thing that's always motivating me is look um You know, what is it that makes us as human beings really feel like we're human and that we're, we're doing what we're here to do. And for me, it's always been having an impact and helping people become empowered so that they feel like they can take a step in their lives, energy in the environment. It's about our health. It's about breathing. It's about the water we, we drink. It's all those things that are just so critical to our life. And it's also creating a better life for, for future generations. So, so to me, that's always been my motivation. And I've been lucky enough along the way to be able to find, uh, way to also make a living doing it and to be able to call my own shots. So I've been an entrepreneur, either uh, running a nonprofit as the executive director or then running my own business for pretty much all my career. So my motivation is to help people to be able to do well while I'm doing good and to also see that I'm empowering people so that they take more control of their life and have a positive impact on things that make a lot of difference to them, both health and the environment.
1: Yeah, and I think it's important, obviously, like you said, to finding the right situation personally and professionally and figuring out really what makes you happy. Obviously, sometimes you're kind of forced out of of necessity to, to do other things, but, you know, ideally getting to the point where what you do professionally really makes you happy and fulfills you as well as obviously lines up with what you aspire to do in terms of that family time and what you're looking to see as, you know, you being your your personal family and uh, friends around you.
0: Yeah, I mean, your story is pretty incredible there. I mean, you know, you come out, you think you're going to be in criminal justice, the economy collapses. And then all of a sudden, you get into this digital experience and digital savage is born and you're just rocking the world. I mean, you know, how cool is that? Right. So yeah, you know, it's always an interesting ride, right? Um, What turns us on and how we wind up in a different place maybe than we thought but if you keep following your passions and you follow your heart you do it what uh, what you know you can do and should do i think it all works out
1: yeah i agree so what's one thing you may have seen as a weakness in yourself in the past that you've turned around and utilized as a strength today Uh,
0: What a great question, man. So, um, you know, I had four younger brothers, right? And of the five of us, I was the one who was into school, right? I was the only one that really, uh, you know, I would sit in front of the TV when I came home, do my homework and uh, knock it out. And I did pretty well in school all the way along, except for one class. The one class that I failed when I was in elementary school was speech because I was terrified, terrified to stand up in front of this group of kids and talk. And it just really was was my biggest weakness at the time. Fast forward to uh, college, I was still scared. Fast forward to after college when I got a job as a community organizer and I started going out to speak with people about the issue, which at that point was energy. And I was scared. I was like, you know, it was hard for me to talk to people. And then I realized that, you know, I wasn't out there selling something to people that they didn't want. What I was really there to do was to help, and that little twist in my mind about how the fact that I was here to help people figure things out and make an impact, that was the turning point for me, and it winds up that in that first job, I I started talking to First one on one, and then people around to kitchen tables, and then it was dozens of people, then it was hundreds of people, and various points in time, it's been thousands of people, and I get a charge out of it now. So my my biggest fear, my biggest weakness of talking to people, became my my best passion and my one of my one of my greatest strengths now. So.
1: Yeah, I think a lot of people have that fear. They just don't necessarily uh, make it known. There's been, I think, several studies also that people identified speaking in in front of people more terrifying. They're more afraid of that than actually passing away. So it's one of those things I think everybody inherently has this kind of stage fright, or are you going to embarrass yourself or what people are thinking of you to a certain extent, but getting past it and the only way to get past it is really, you know, get thrown into a situation. Because, I mean, in a school setting, you're still in a bubble, um, unless you have some kind of public speaking class, and that's still kind of staged. So you need real-world scenarios for that and other things that you may experience in life to really either overcome or develop a mechanism to really kind of, uh, you know, keep it, in line in terms of not being afraid or letting it impact the way you speak or you sounding nervous really having what you need to say directly and kind of getting all that information out and kind of like you said being genuine about it and and helping people because i mean a lot of people approach me for different things and sometimes that pitch is just a pitch it's not like a genuine relationship or offering anything of value it's let me give you this and, uh, or let me tell you this and I want something in return. So I think, uh, coming at it with something of value and really wanting to help at the end of the day really makes that conversation a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah. I, you
0: know, uh, what I found was that, as you said, just be yourself, you know, if you're yourself, look, you know, people can throw rocks at you or whatever, but ultimately we only have ourselves, right? So people can judge us, they could do whatever, but as long as we feel comfortable in our skin about who we are and the fact that we're there not trying to take advantage of each other but really working to do good, I mean, ultimately, that's the greatest confidence builder and that's the, the best way of, of being able to express yourself.
1: Yeah, I agree. So what's one piece of advice you may have for the audience, personal or professional? Um, I guess...
0: Well, two things. Um, On both a personal and professional piece, take a look at your energy bills. Take a look at what you're paying for electricity. Take a look at what you're paying for heating. And take a look at what you're paying for transportation. And in each of those sectors, the average is that we have almost four tons of carbon that each of us is responsible for from each of those sectors Depending upon where you live and what type of uh, Transportation you do and all these different factors, but it winds up that each of us is responsible for about 12 tons of carbon And it's all in 90% of it is in our energy bills So take a look at your energy bills and realize that on electricity on heating and on transportation There are things that you can do that can make a significant difference on your carbon impact on your greenhouse gas impact, and it'll save you money. First thing and that's true also for wherever we work wherever our workplaces are That's also true is whatever whether it's a school and we're teaching or whatever kind of workplace We're at whatever those energy bills are that's also the carbon footprint And so on a personal level you can have an impact on yourself. You can have an impact on wherever you work as a community We also have the ability to do a lot and if you're not currently active in your community Whatever wherever that is and defining that same thing as is true is take a look at what you can do and where you can have an impact on your community because collectively we have the ability to do a lot on our local communities. On a professional basis, which is also somewhat personal, I would say that my biggest source of joy is that every day I get up, and I love doing what I do. I've never really worked a day of my life because I would do this even if I didn't get paid for it because I love it. And so, what's your passion? Find your passion. If you can find your passion and work your passion, there's always, almost always, a way to make that happen. Not entirely true all across the board, but there are ways to find. Things that you're passionate about in many different ways and find your passion and seek to find a job where you can fulfill your passion because when you can do that, life is great. You know, you're, you're, most of the time that we spend in life is spent at work, uh, most of our waking hours. And so, if you hate your job, as I've known many people who do, it really takes a toll on your soul, it takes a toll on your health, it takes a toll on your whole life. So, I guess my biggest advice to folks would be find your passion and find a place a a way to work at that passion
1: yeah because there is spillover like you said so if you're miserable at work that stress you kind of bottle up you take home and then you end up taking that out on your you know loved ones uh, friends and family so really figuring that out obviously a lot of the time it's not as easy to walk away because there's bills and responsibilities people you have to take care of but I mean, I think there's always an excuse for something, but there's always a way to overcome that as well. So I kind of say, if you wake up tomorrow, you have the opportunity to kind of change your trajectory or you know the direction you choose to go. Obviously, that's not just a, a one step and everything is fixed, you have the perfect life because at the end of the day, for me at least, it's not a stationary destination, It's it's a moving target. And when you get to one place, those goals or aspirations may change and based on what you want to do at that point in life that may pivot but like you said as long as you do what you love and makes you happy and ultimately for me at least also being a you know heart led entrepreneur where you give back and leave a legacy in one way or another and you you'll always kind of be happy and enjoy what you're doing
0: yeah, yeah, I, I, I listened to a few digital experience shows where you were speaking, Roman, about that type of incremental change, You're just taking a step, you know, so you don't have to to do the whole angel in one big fell swoop. If you just take a step towards where your dream is and then you keep shifting because you're right, it's a journey and it's going to keep shifting. It's going to keep, it's a moving target. And even when you get to the place that you want it to be your short term goal, then you know, there's always the next step. And so I, I absolutely agree with you. I think that that's a real key thing is to just take a step every day, figure out what you can do that takes you closer to where you want to be.
1: Yeah, I I agree. And uh, it's a work in progress because everything in in terms of changing a habit, human behavior is to stay comfortable regardless if you're unhappy or whatever you're going through. So taking that leap, taking that chance and getting out of that everyday kind of habit is really hard because your human nature is fighting that in terms of kind of survival, do the same thing, you know, don't kind of rock the boat. But stepping out of that i mean it is scary just like we talked about kind of public speaking and other things in your career or personal life you may do but i mean you have to put in the work if you don't put in the work there's not going to be any change and it's incremental i mean people oftentimes look at other people with social media and stuff like that why are they at where they are now why am i not i mean it's a it's just a filter a lens of somebody's you know life in terms of some of the superficial things that other things they don't see so I think really kind of running your own race and then doing the things that then become habits to those habits carrying, you know, carrying over and taking you to where you like to go.
0: Yeah. And one of the amazing things about human beings is that we can reprogram ourselves. We can actually, you know, change who we are. You know, we're not just what we're what we're wired to be from when we've gotten into this, you know, this genetic, this genetic situation where we're born into other like uh, many other creatures. We have the ability to adapt and to evolve and to change who we are. And that's one of the greatest strengths we have as human beings on this planet
1: yeah i agree so I really appreciate you stopping by today. Can you let the audience know how they can find you sure yeah so um it's awesome earth kind
0: awesome a w e A-W-E-S-O-M-E, s o m e and then earth kind like man or woman kind but Earthkind, all seven billions of us. So it's awesome earthkind.com. And uh, there'll be a special page, DSC slash DSC. So awesome earthkind.com slash DSC. We'll have some various different opportunities for people there. One of the things that we do is we run a series of demonstrations of a clean energy system. So for people that are interested in taking a next step, they're not quite sure what they can do with energy on electricity, heating, or transportation, this demonstration in 90 minutes. It's a free class. We walk through what our system is, how we help people figure things out. And then whatever your situation, there's a way for you to have an impact, to save energy, to save money, and to really leave a legacy for future generations. So,
1: That's awesome. Thanks again for stopping by.
0: Uh, thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Thank you, Roman.